You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, cracking the mics on a Locked On NFL Podcast Friday. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. We're your host, Bo Brock, your boy Q. We're excited to be here and break down this Thursday night football game where it happened again, Q. Nick Foles, he got the best of the GOAT, Tom Brady. He really did, man, and it's like he's Tom Brady's kryptonite. And so to see uh, the Bears come away with the 2019 victory, uh, I liked it because for once in 2020, one of these games that are in prime time is not one of these crazy scoring games. I kind of liked it that the defense flexed their muscles a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of penalties in the game. It wasn't the cleanest game ever played. But uh, ultimately, uh, Nick Foles comes out on top. And uh, again, 2019 victory for the Bears. It was, it was fun to watch for a Thursday night. We always say, Bo, that these Thursday night games are are hit and miss and I'd say that this one was a hit it was at least a double <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely a hit and uh this season get football in your time with NFL Game Pass see all the action from every game with full game replays you can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in under an hour 45 minutes with condensed games go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today NFL Game Pass where football never stops. Full recap coming on how Foles once again got the best of Tom Brady. Also, it's Friday. That means Q and I, we're going to give you our Sunday six-pack. We're going to crack it open, some cold ones of some great games. Can't wait to get into that, as well as Chad Millman from the Action Network. He's going to hook us up with his best betting picks for this NFL Sunday. Can't wait to get into it. But let's deep dive this Thursday night game, as you mentioned. Probably the best Thursday night contest we've seen of 2020. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably clock management's the reason for this one, or that Tom Brady forgot what down it was that they're gonna go home with the L the Chicago Bears who improved to 4-1 and for the first time since 2012, Q. Yeah, that's a big deal right there, man. Chicago's off to a surprising hot start, 4-1 and like you mentioned, and also surprising Tom Brady, you know, the guy who is on top of everything and knows every nuance of the game, uh, simply forgot, I think, what down it was, you know, after his uh, fourth down pass attempt that was a lot longer than I thought a fourth and five uh, pass attempt should be when you're trying to keep the game alive, uh, looked around and put his four fingers up like, wait, it's fourth down right now, and everyone except for Brady was like, no, 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 it's not, Tom. Uh, That was fourth down. Game's over. Uh, I think he simply just kind of lost track of the down. And, um, you know, I I hate to say that Father Time is undefeated, but you start to see, you know, little things here and there, little cracks in the armor here and there as each and every one of these athletes gets a little bit older. And I I just, honestly, I think that was just one of those, it was a miss by Brady, you know, and and, and who knows what the explanation will be later on. Uh, But it was kind of strange to see him make a mistake like that. Uh, but again, a, a game that was very interesting. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Nick Foles came up with some big passes and some big plays later on. Uh, game management, you men- mentioned for the Cardinals. I'll say the game management, the, t- the clock management wasn't that great for the Bears either. But still, they found a way to come out with the victory. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it, Q, is they just found a way because there was nothing sexy about the stats. Nick Foles, 30 for 42, 243 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Not much of a run game. David Montgomery still struggling in his second season to get big chunk yardage, 29 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. Allen Robbins probably the only guy that shined on this offense, 10 catches for 90 yards. But, I mean, they go down 13 nothing. And it looks like they're just going to put their tail between their legs going into the locker room. And then they they finally get into the end zone. And next thing you know, 
I mean, they tack on another score. They're going to the locker room up 14-13, and it's just like out of nowhere. I mean, they mentioned on the broadcast how good the Bears were in the fourth quarter, but, I mean, they're just good from coming from behind and staying in the game. Yeah, they really were. You know, one of the things that blew my mind about the Tampa Bay defense that's really good, uh, Todd Bowles does a good job with that unit, is they really didn't pay attention to the running backs and not from running the ball, but catching the ball of the backfield. You know, I don't know how many wheel routes the Bears ran on uh, on Tampa Bay on Thursday night, but they they absolutely took advantage of them. Cordero Patterson, uh, he came out of the, of the backfield on a wheel route and uh, David Montgomery, a guy that you mentioned before, he came out of the backfield on a wheel route and it just seemed like if it was the flats and it was a running back, Tampa Bay wasn't paying attention to him and I think that ended up being a big time mistake, led to a touchdown early in the game in in the second quarter right before halftime and uh, then a turnover and the Bears get the ball back and like you mentioned punch it in again before halftime and ultimately take the lead when really they probably should have by right been down 14 or 13 nothing uh, going into halftime. Yeah, it's 27 first-half points between the two teams. And then, as you mentioned earlier, the defense has showed up. We just saw 12 points in the second half. And uh, the last few from the Chicago Bears were the ones that that mattered. And they ended up taking this one 20-19. But, I mean, the defenses, they kind of slowed down this passing attack from, from Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones had a decent day on the ground, 17 carries for 106 yards. And, you know, Tampa regains the lead in the fourth quarter. And then, as we were kind of talking about, under three minutes to play, their offense gets the ball back in its possession, and we see a 16-second 16 seconds of offense from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-second possession, and you're putting the ball back into Nick Foles' hands with about just under 2.30 left. So two and a half minutes left, and Nick Foles, with 11 career fourth-quarter comebacks, gets – the ball in his hands and a chance for the Bears to march down and kick a go-ahead field goal. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, all in all, I wasn't really impressed with what I saw from Tom Brady. I wasn't really impressed with what I saw from Rob Gronkowski. Mike Evans is out there on a bad wheel, so he kind of gets a uh, a pass. He was out there giving his uh, best effort as possible. But I'll tell you, Gronk and, and Tom Brady, uh, to me, and I hate to say it, and it's hard, it's hard to go against those kind of guys and and say that you know they're, they're starting to look their age, but they were really starting to look their age on Thursday night. And I think ultimately that's why you saw the, the collapse from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it felt like they had this game under control like you mentioned earlier the stats were on their side but the one stat that mattered was the score it wasn't on their side at the end yeah I mean they're a hobbled team you, you know Mike Evans the the the, the was it uh, he's dealing with he's not a hundred percent Rob Gronkowski no matter if he's a hundred percent he's not a hundred percent after what he's kind of endured throughout his career and the toll that his body's taken playing the tight end position especially for the Patriots for so long and then Chris Godwin wasn't in the lineup today Um, it's just kind of interesting with their age and where they already are, you know, to five weeks into the season. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to see this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team at full strength. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. It's a crazy season, 2020. You never know what, you, what you're going to get from it, but uh, you're right. There's a lot of uh, uh, guys b- banged up and, and hobbled on that Tampa Bay uh, sideline, and so uh, we'll see. And, and again, these these older guys, they don't heal as quickly as the young dudes do, so uh, Tampa Bay, they may be in a, in a kind of rough position moving forward, but you know they are led by Bruce Arians, and you obviously know him very well. I'm not really going to bet against them until until we see a little bit more of the product. Yeah, it, but also I think BA takes he's going to have to take some ownership for the 10 penalties on Tampa Bay tonight or last night and as well uh you know the clock management there at the end of the game. I know that you're putting a lot 
uh, on your quarterback to kind of be your coach out on the field. But still, you know, you got to you got to run things a lot better. 16 seconds for any NFL team that late in a contest holding on to a lead. It's not good enough. And Nick Foles shows exactly why that is as they were able to go out and, and get this win. And this was a huge win for the Chicago Bears to go 4-1, and one, coming off their first loss of the season, seeing what uh, Green Bay is doing and, you know, at the top of the division, and undefeated at 4-0. and um, you, know, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's scared of the Lions or the Vikings, but, you know, this was a big win for the Bears, who I think need to take wins whenever they can get them. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that was the biggest key for this for the Bears is because Green Bay looks so good sitting at 4-0. and um, You know, they don't really have their stars out there at wide receiver. You know, Devontae Adams has been banged up. Alan Lazard's going to miss some times. But Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, man, Rodgers and, uh, and Jones, the, the law firm of Rodgers and Jones has been really cooking with grease, like I like to say. Uh, Matt LaFleur, they got that thing humming. The defense is playing really well. Uh, they've got to be the favorites in the division, but the, the Bears are sticking right with them. You know, they're going neck and neck. And it might not be pretty as far as Chicago is concerned, but only thing that's pretty and only thing that matters is W's and L's. And right now they got four of them, and so do the Packers. So this was a very important win uh, for Chicago to come away with Thursday night. But if you're the Bucks, doesn't get any easier after this one. We talk about Green Bay. That's who's next on their schedule. October 18th, taking on the Green Bay Packers. So they might be uh, a little upset that they couldn't come away with the W in this one. While on the other side of things, the Bears... They take on the Carolina Panthers in week six. So they have a chance. They do, but you know what? And we're going to talk about it when we get to the six-pack. I like what the Panthers got going, man. I like what the Panthers got going. They're Matt Rule and company. I'm a big Matt Rule fan. You know that. I like what he's got going, man. They're cooking with grease right now in Carolina. We'll get to that in the six-pack coming up in the next segment. But, man, I'm, I'm kind of excited about, about what uh, Carolina has, knowing that this is not a season that they're going to be uh, expected to do some big things. They're doing some all right things, and I'm not trying to rub salt. I know, Bo, I know they beat your Cardinals last week, but uh, I, I think they, they got something. They're on to something there. Absolutely. I, I'd say we don't uh, you know delay this thing any further as the Buccaneers, they fall to the Chicago Bears 20 to 19, probably the best Thursday night football game of the season. We've got an update on a couple games that are going to be postponed due to COVID 19 concerns. We'll tell you when they're going to be played, which teams that are involved, who they are, and when they're going to be rescheduled. Plus, that six pack, we're going to crack into it. It's locked on NFL Fridays with Bo Brock. That's me and your boy Q. That's me. <laughs> Before we go to break, though, let me go ahead and tell you one time about Visa. You got to help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, your favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order. They call you by your name. They always give back, make a difference, and they go that extra mile. And right now, more than ever, all local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, Help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. While you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop absolutely matters. Visa, where you want to be, is an official partner of the NFL. This season's going to be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I mean, I'm watching in the man cave. I've got a 12-pack of Pepsi chips. I'm ready to go. We've got screens everywhere, tablets, TV screens, but Pepsi's the key. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent 
that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Here we are back again. Segment number two of today's Locked On NFL podcast, Bo Brock and your boy Q. And it is now time for us to open up our six pack. But no, 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 let's not be too premature. Let's not open up the six pack just yet, Bo, because we do have to talk about some scheduling changes. COVID-19 is a mother. We already know how 2020 has been. And there's a lot of ups and downs as far as the scheduling goes. And those damn Tennessee Titans, man, they really kind of got the ball rolling. Of course, New England, the Patriots, they had their issues last week with Cam Newton and their game with the Chiefs gets moved to Monday. That gets played, and then Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, all of a sudden he comes up COVID-19. So now you got the Titans that are up to like 23 people in the whole uh, facility and the, uh, and the team. They're, they're dealing with COVID-19. You got a couple of the Patriots. So what does that mean? That means schedule changes. So there's a lot of schedule changes. There's a lot of moving and shaking going on right now in the NFL with these games. So let me go ahead and and break it down to you real quick, and you let me know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, The Broncos, they were supposed to play New England on Sunday. That game is now moving to Monday. It's going to be an early Monday night game, so it's going to be two weeks in a row now that we have two Monday night football games. I I love it. I'll take it. I'll take having uh, options on Monday night. Now, that was one little move. Now the Titans, they're the ones that really, they're they're where the center of all this comes from. The Titans-Bills game that was scheduled for Sunday is now being moved to Tuesday. So not only do we have two Monday night games, now we have Tuesday night football. Hell, pretty soon we're going to have Wednesday night football and Saturday night football. I mean, it's almost like they're going to have every day of the week. But that game, Titans-Bills, being moved to Tuesday as long as there's no more positive tests with Tennessee. And that's not a guarantee because, well, as we've seen just about every single day, there's been another positive test with Tennessee. Yeah, they just can't uh, get out of their own way as far as this uh, the COVID-19 is concerned. And I don't know, I, Tuesday night party, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I heard that. I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Well, look, now with the game moving to Tuesday, what that does has a domino effect. Bills, Chiefs. They have to go from being on Thursday to going to Sunday. So Titans-Bills, it could play on Tuesday as long as there's no more positive tests. And then the Bills-Chiefs game moves from Thursday to Sunday. So a lot of moving and shaking having to do with COVID-19. And I know at some point we're going to be so happy when we could talk about sports and talk about games without mentioning COVID-19. But as of right now in 2020, that's what it is. So that's the latest and the greatest as far as the scheduling goes and the updates so everyone knows when their games are going to be played, when, when they can find their favorite team, or those games that we talked about. So now that we've done that, now that we've done our housekeeping, let's go ahead and crack open the six-pack. Why don't you go ahead and jump right into it? All right, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals, the team that I cover on Locked On Cardinals. We'd always appreciate if you check out our podcast. My co-host Alex and I, we like to mix it up. We don't agree on a lot of things, so it's a lot of great debate going on, and You know, in this contest, Cardinals going back across the country after losing on the road to Carolina in the Charlotte in week four, they get to take on the New York Jets. Something has to give because who would have thought, Q, after two weeks of play that the Cardinals would need this game? Back-to-back losses, Detroit and Carolina, not exactly world beaters as much as you like the Panthers right now, but the (laughs) Jets are currently the most get-rightiest game to get right in in the NFL right now. The Jets, they can't score. 31st in points scored, can't stop a nosebleed, 30th in points surrendered, and the Cardinals, even though the fans think they know dysfunction, 
They're about to turn on Jerry Springer for the first time and get a glimpse of what true dysfunction looks like with the New York Jets on Sunday. The Cards need this win to stop the bleeding. They need to build momentum for next Monday night against Dallas. This is this is a matchup of the two most penalized teams in the league. If you thought you saw a lot of penalties on Thursday night football, you haven't seen nothing yet. That's going to ha- just tune into this game on Sunday. It's going to look like laundry day on the MetLife field. I, I think that Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, they figure out the offensive woes, get a good dose of DeAndre Hopkins, and the defense is good enough to make this kind of a an easy win for the Cardinals to get east and then get back west at 3-2. and two. Yeah, I think this is a game that uh, the Cardinals should be able to get right. I think they can flex their muscles. Uh, the Jets, I, I hate to say it already, after only uh, four weeks of the season, getting into week five, I feel like they're kind of packing their bags and they're waiting on their next head coach and who that's going to be. We know the Texans already fired their head coach. Adam Gase will be the next one out the door. I don't know if he makes it throughout the whole season. So this, to me, is a game that the Cardinals could definitely get right, flex their muscles, and uh, feel good about themselves and, and get back on the right track. Uh, I think they're, they're doing well this season so far, even though – you know, they're sitting at 2-2. Two two. Uh, let me go ahead and give you one of my games. And you mentioned Carolina, so I'm going to ride with the Panthers, man. I told you at the end of segment number one, I like what Matt Rule's got going on. I like Matt Rule anyway. He's going to build that thing right there with the Panthers. Um, you know, they don't have a bunch of superstars right now. Christian McCaffrey's out, but they're finding ways to win games. I mean, again, it's only a small sample size through four weeks. They're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. But now they're traveling to Atlanta where, well, that's a team that finds ways to lose. So, you know what? Normally I would say the ATL is going to win this game because they could put up a lot of points. But I think that Carolina feels pretty good about themselves and believes that they can win a couple games. I feel like Carolina is going to be this year's Dolphins where they're going to win more games than they even expected to win and maybe mess up their draft position a little bit but still end up with the guy that they want, similar to what happened with Miami in 2020. So in this Carolina and Atlanta game, I'm going with the Panthers. I think they're going to win three in a row. Rule has this team playing hard. You're exactly right. You warned me of this last week. I wish I had taken your advice. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> completing passings, passes like at a Drew Breesy in accuracy. I mean, he's passing at 74% on the season. But let me tell you about a guy on the defensive side of the ball that you need to start paying attention to. That seventh overall pick, Derek Brown out of Auburn. He was the highest graded rookie last week. Fourth ranked defensive tackle. Not for the rookies. But in the NFL, he's a special talent. He's playing at a high level. He's helping turn things around on that defense that was much needed in Charlotte. Colts and Browns is my second game of the six-pack queue. I'm looking at the Browns 3-1 and one for the first time since 2001. The Colts, they're 3-1. and one. Their first 3-1 and one start since 2013. That was Andrew Luck's second NFL season. The Browns are without Nick Chubb. IR'd with the knee injury. But it's still going to kind of be a backfield duo. Kareem Hunt splitting time with Dernis Johnson. But Baker Mayfield's the key to this offense. He's taking care of the football for the first time in a long time. Back-to-back games without a pick on the heels of an eight-game INT streak dating back to 2019. I'm starting to buy into Cleveland and all these weapons meshing under first-year head coach Kevin Stefanski. And I'm not really buying the Colts just yet. They've got wins over the winless Jets that beat the Vikings, who are in a bad way, and then the Bears, and then the Colts lost to the Jags to open up the season. Which 3-1 team are you buying in this contest? I, I, you know, I, I want to say the Browns just because I love their, their run game that they have. I mean, I really, really love the run game that they have. Uh, I didn't think they were going to go for three bills against the Cowboys. I thought a buck 50, but they got three bills out of them. Uh, I don't think that they can repeat that performance and uh, really Phillip Rivers. I, I'm not a big believer in him, but I am a believer in that defense. So I think that that defense can get it done with the Colts. Uh, I want to go with the Browns in the, in the run game, but I don't think that they can make that repeat that performance again. So I'm going with the Colts in this one. 
I think uh, that defense finds a way to squeak it out. Now, how about this game? The Raiders at Kansas City. This was a game, honestly, Bo, I was trying to avoid at first because, well, it's a rivalry game, so I'm fired up and I'm excited about it as the host of Locked On Raiders. But at the same time, Kansas City's so stinking good. And they're 4-0 on the season. The Raiders are on a two-game losing streak. Everything is stacked up where Kansas City just kind of blows them out the water, right? Well, it's a rivalry game, so you do throw the records out the window. Derek Carr is pissed off. Uh, it's the anniversary. Uh, Al Davis passed away October 8, 2011, so it's the kind of the weekend uh, of his passing uh, when they are actually able to defeat the Texans with uh, 10 men on the field. It was so funny. Matt Schaub threw an interception in the end zone to Michael Huff. Uh, again, that was the weekend. That was the day after Al Davis had passed. So maybe the Raiders get a little bit of extra mojo, a little spirit of Al's that with them in Kansas City. I think it's a long shot to win this game, but – at the same time, it's a rivalry game. Excited about it, and uh, and think it's going to be fun to watch. So I, I think Kansas City is going to win this game. I really do, and I know it's not going out on a limb, but uh, you know I think the Raiders have a puncher's chance, so it should be at least entertaining. Did uh, did anybody tell John Gruden that this is a rivalry game? Does he know that? Because <laughs> I looked this up. The average margin of defeat since Gruden returned to the Raiders in 2018: 22 points. Huh, the Chiefs, exactly. They're rolling. I, for your sake, I hope it's a close game. I, I mean, it's better when these two teams are playing at a high level, but the Raiders, they're improved, but not there yet. And yeah, the Chiefs, they improved to 5-0. and <laughs> let, me, let me wrap up my six-pack. I, I, I don't want to rain on your parade, but uh, my last game of the six-pack, Vikings at Seahawks. Vikings got off the schneid last week. They won the winless team bowl against the Texans, got Bill O'Brien fired, and then the Seahawks, they stared perfect, which is pretty crazy cue because despite all the success, the success for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson since they joined forces in 2012, Seahawks have never started 5-0. and And Russell Wilson, as crazy as that stat was, has never even received an MVP vote. Eight seasons, not a single vote. They're trying to change both of those things this week, try to go 5-0. and Danger Russ just... I watched him on Thursday Night Football last night stomping for U.S. citizens to vote in November. He should use the same platform to speak to the sports writers of America for votes for MVP. 16 touchdowns, just two picks, completing an NFL best 75.2% of his passes. This is the second best offense in the NFL at over 35 points per game. Vikings won last week over the Texans. Not happening this week. They're giving up more than 30 points per game. Uh, that's that's not getting it done going against one of the best offenses in the NFL. Could be a long day for for uh, Mike Zimmer and crew. I, I agree. You know, the one thing that bothers me about Seattle, I, I do think that Russell Wilson is going to have a day. Uh, I think he's going to be the MVP of the league as long as he keeps doing what he's doing. Uh, it's a shame that he's never had an MVP vote, not one. That's ridiculous. But either way, I think he's trying to get all that back in one year as he's as he's performing at a super high level in 2020. Uh, but I, the one thing that bothers me about Seattle is that their 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 defense just is not what it should be. You know, as, at some point, Russ is going to be off, or at some point there's going to be a turnover here or there. They're going to have a ball bounce the wrong direction, and they're going to need to make a stop. And right now, Jamal Adams, he's going to be out this week. Uh, there's there's just not enough stoppers on that defense for the, the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's going to catch up to them at some point. It just is not going to be this weekend because I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be that guy. Now, Seattle gets the victory, but you, I, I, I say – uh, buyer beware because the defense is going to come back to hurt him at some point. Now, how about this one? Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. And I know right now someone's thinking, like, why in the world would you say Philadelphia and Pittsburgh is an intriguing game to you? Because at some point, I'm thinking one of these NFC East teams can't be so bad. 
You know what I mean? Like Philadelphia has one victory and one tie, and they're in first. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. The NFC East is awful. Now, they're playing a tough Pittsburgh team that's got their mojo going. They got Big Ben back, obviously, for the 2020 season. Their defense is playing a lot better. I just think, man, at some point, Philadelphia's got to rise up. Plus, I'm also intrigued by this game because maybe uh, this is a game where Jalen Hurts gets in and plays a little bit more than, uh, you know, he's been playing here and there sparingly, you know, brought in in packages. I'm intrigued to see how they, you know, bring him into the offense and implement his skill set. And uh, who knows, at some point, uh, maybe next year or a year afterwards, maybe at some point they, they pass the torch on to him as the starting quarterback there. I think he's just a weapon now, just a compliment. Uh, but so that's always an intriguing part. But I just I, I just want to see if this Philadelphia Eagle team could ever get better. And they're going to have a hell of a test against the Steelers. I don't think they win this game, but I think it's interesting and fun to watch anyway. Yeah, no Nick Mullins throwing one of the worst picks I've ever seen at the end of the week or at the end of the game last week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, a gift for Eagles fans to kind of seal the deal there against the 49ers. This is the battle for PA, and the Steelers' offense is rested at full strength. Looks like Juju Smith-Schuster ready to go. Looks like Deontay Washington or Deontay Johnson has shaken off uh, the concussion, gotten through the protocol. Looks like he's good to go. They're going to be too much for Philly to keep up with Greg Ward right now as their wide receiver one. So I think it's uh, some decent points put up on the board from the Eagles in this contest, but not enough to keep pace with Big Ben and that Steelers offense. You talk about that game, there's going to be, it's actually the Eagles are plus seven. They're underdogs against the Steelers. Can they keep it close enough to where it's worthy of maybe fill your hard-earned shekels? Also some other games to look forward to. Dallas and the Giants, as Q mentioned, the NFC East. Some intriguing games that our guy Chad Millman is going to help us put the smart money on, as he always does every Friday. Chad Millman from the Action Network and the podcast The Favorites joins your boy Q, myself, Bo Brock, next here on Locked On NFL Podcast. The Locked On NFL Podcast continues. Your boy Q, Bo Brock. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brock. Easiest way to find me, phonetically, just spell it out. Bo Brock, at Bob Brock. Your boy Q, is it, uh, why do I always forget the numbers in your Twitter two, five, account? 254, representing the 254, brother. Of course, we're talking to Chad Millman of the Action Network. Give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Chad Millman. Check out his podcast, The Favorites, for more insight into NFL Week 5 action because... We're going to look at some spreads. And Chad, you had a good week last week. I know this because I followed your advice on at least three of those games. Let's get into at least four or five of these picks. I'm looking at a team that won me some money on Sunday Night Football, potentially to win me some money in back-to-back weeks. Tell me about the Eagles taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of an interesting matchup. Such an interesting matchup. And look, the Eagles are one of those teams, and they were one of the teams I think we discussed. And, and I liked the Eagles a lot on Sunday night against the Niners at plus seven. And they're they're big underdogs again. We're looking at seven, seven and a half. And the Steelers, who obviously didn't play last week because they were playing against Tampa Bay, so they had sort of that early bye. Um, the, the, the fans, the, the Joe betters, for lack of a better term, are looking at the Steelers team and thinking, Oh, well, you know what? This team's pretty good right now. And uh, they're backing them. And it's not the way I'd go. Because uh, you really got to ask the question, like, who have they beaten in reality at this point? And, and at times, they've actually struggled quite a bit. And I still think that there's a little bit of um, an undervalued 
aspect to what the Eagles have done just because of how badly they're playing. I'm stumbling a little bit because I was looking for uh, the latest lines and the Steelers are now seven. So that's an indication to me that the money has been coming in. The, the professional money has been coming out in the Eagles because that game used to be seven and a half. And so I think what you're getting is like professional betters thinking, okay, the Eagles started to figure some things out against the Niners. Um, they got a little more comfortable. They were much more aggressive, even going for two on that first drive. The Steelers, meanwhile, they didn't play last week, so they're getting a little bit healthier, although they weren't all that banged up. And they haven't played that great in games in which they've won. So I think there is a sentiment that the Eagles were the right side here. Chad, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for you know an advantage in the game, a disadvantage in the game, and something that could be kind of a, a mood swing. And, and I'm looking at Houston. They got a new coach in. It's not a new coach, interim coach, and Romeo Cornell after firing uh, Bill O'Brien. And so uh, you know they're they're hosting the Jaguars this week. They're favorites. Uh, is, is this a game that a, a guy should bet on because they're favorites by I think at least six points right now? I do like the Texans in this game, and and it's interesting. We actually had a story on actionnetwork.com yesterday by one of our writers, you know, because you always think like, think like, oh yeah, team's got a new coach. And and anecdotally, you say to yourself, I feel like teams with new coaches always play really well in the next game. And the truth is they are, I think in the last couple of years, they are 12 and 16 straight up and maybe a little bit less than that against the spread. But in either case, it's exceeding the expectation because um, those teams are usually bad. Right. Teams with new coaches are usually bad teams. So they're winning at a higher rate than the rate at which they were uh, winning prior to the coaches being fired. Um, I like the Texans in this spot. I think a team like that that does have so much talent uh, will feel rejuvenated against the Jaguars team that just like I think everyone thought, OK, they played great in that first game against the Colts and you were going to get a team that could sort of hold its own and be competitive because they could play conservative football, but they just can't score and they really just don't have enough talent. So against the Texans, uh, I think the Texans are the right side. Chad Millman, of course, the action network, the podcast is the favorites. Follow him on Twitter at Chad Millman for more betting insights. Here's one team that's tough to pin down because it seems like they've been playing from behind all season long, but, There's no question about their high-powered offense. Dallas, a week before they play on Monday Night Football, taking on a division rival. I don't know if you can call them rivals. The (laughs) NFC East is the NFC least right now. But they are taking on the Giants, and they're about eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Which way are you going on this one? I mean, is it tough to even bet on the Cowboys as favorites with that defense? Oh, yes. Not only am I going on this one, but give me the Giants. Give me the Giants. I think I bought the Giants at nine and a half. Uh, and that's another one where the line is going down. It's going in the Giants direction because professional betters don't buy into the Cowboys. And I think they do think the Giants showed them a little bit against the Rams uh, who have a very good offense and they were able to hold them uh, to a few number of points and actually play pretty well and keep the game close. So uh, I like the Giants in this game a lot. Um, if I were feeling particularly frisky, I might even take the Giants on the money line and for an outright upside win. Chad, I got one for you. 
Joe Burrow coming off his first victory as the Bengals starting quarterback, and then Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens and their high-octane offense, they're favored by like 13 points. Is this a game that's that's worth betting on? What, what do you like about this one, or do you like this one? Oh, I love the Ravens here. Okay. Love them. Not only that, um, I think this game opened at 14, and there's been and this has been not professional money. This has been Joe Public, the Joe Burrow Public, coming in and betting on the Bengals because of what they did last week and thinking Joe Burrow is amazing and thinking, oh, this Ravens team, they lost to the Chiefs, right? And forgetting that the Ravens don't play down to opponents, right? Like they are so good. They are so disciplined. They should have won that game by 24 points against the team from Washington. And there were two bad mistakes. There was a bad mistake at the end of the first half, and there was that RG3 interception sort of in garbage time. But this is a game, like, they should have easily won that game against Washington by three touchdowns. Um, the Bengals are just not talented enough to stay with this team. And, and from a professional perspective, most professionals I know are just – watching the number go down, and then they'll buy it back when they feel like it's hit its low point. You heard the man. There are a couple favorites in there. There are a couple dogs to stay away from, but uh, Ravens, take them, even though it's a large spread. Likes the Texans also. We're looking at uh, maybe even Philly as underdogs. Chad Millman, give him a follow on Twitter, at Chad Millman. Look forward to his spot right here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast every Friday. Let's win some money this weekend, Chad. Let's do it, fellas. And that's going to be a wrap for Q and myself, Bo Brock. Give us a follow on Twitter at your boy Q254 at Bob Brock. Easiest way to find me at Bo Brock on Twitter. Check out our podcast, Locked On Raiders, Locked On Cardinals, big games for those squads this weekend. And of course, check out James Yarko, David Harrison of Locked On Bucks, and Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. For all following up on last night's Thursday Night Football, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in on Monday for all the things that are going to go down on Sunday. We got that covered for you right here on Locked On NFL. Q, anything else before we get out of here? Man, have a great football Sunday, great football weekend. It's a little wonky with a couple games on Monday and a, and a game on Tuesday. But, hey, man, uh, it's football. It's here. And uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And we'll be back doing it again next week.